Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am not Sean Graham. He decided to take off. He's traipsing around the European countryside. So it's Scott here with my solo analysis of the World Men's Curling Championship. Just wrapped up there in Lethbridge, Alberta. And I got to say, big congratulations. Now, back-to-back World Men's Champions, Team Nicholas Adine. This game tonight was one of the... Really a really good game. Um, I I tend to think the women's game was a little bit better that we saw in their final there. But holy cow, this game, so many great shots. Uh, a few misses here and there that really ended up turning the tide. So without any further ado, we'll get right into it. The Canadians uh, found themselves in maybe a little bit of trouble early on. And one double by Kevin Cooey uh, in the back of the house. He rolled his shooter up. Uh, really changed the the complexion of that end. Nicholas Adin ended up chasing, really had to try a pretty hard shot, and he just got stuck in between there, giving up the steal of one. And that was an early advantage there for Team Canada. Along the same lines, uh, you know, later on in the game, Nicholas Adin, he had another chance where he was looking at a deuce all end. Kevin Cooey comes up with some uh, really miraculous shot. It seemed like it might have picked and overcurled, gets a hit and a roll to a spot where Adin can't take it out. He's got a draw for his one. So, you know, it seemed like t- the teams were getting some breaks uh, and some disadvantages, depending how you look at it. You know, uh, it's one of those ones that when if it was me, I would be apologizing, saying, oh, geez, sorry, I got that really lucky break there. But, you know, we soldiered on really close. Uh, one's exchange there and five and six. I, I'll admit I went to get some pizza, so I missed uh, missed a bit of the sixth end. But then uh, after a pretty unlikely blank in the seventh, uh, it, I, th- I think Canada rolled out one shot and ended up giving a, a chance for a blank, uh, well, a chance to give themselves a blank. We, we come to the eighth, that... Really, really decisive eighth. And to be honest, there was good shots being made by both teams. Like, um, you know, BJ was rolling to a good spot, and then uh, Nicholas Adin had that really long delay where it seemed the handle of his rock was not functioning properly. They had to call in the ice tech, try to fix the handle. Turns out the whole handle was broken. Uh, they made a big deal of this on the broadcast, saying, oh boy, that rock could be warm now. Wouldn't want to throw that. I, I, I don't need Russ Howard throwing out crazy rules, saying, oh, we need a rule change so he doesn't have to throw that rock. Like, uh, That's pretty insane, uh, <laughs> if you ask me. Can't just be making up rules on the spot here, Russ. But anyway, uh, Adin showed uh, what a world-class player he is. You know, Took a deep breath, stepped in the hack after about a three or four minute delay and nailed a really, really difficult double. It was really the only shot that he had. And, and that was after uh, BJ Newfeld had made a grid double himself coming off an outside rock. So Adin makes this amazing 
amazing double. Like it, you had to hit it perfect. There was really no margin for error. The only way they could hit it was that way. And he did. And then we saw Kevin Cooey have to play an intern draw. Now his intern draws were the talk of the week uh, among stats nerds. He, uh, he really didn't play well on his intern draws. We saw for the game tonight, shot only 50% uh, with his intern, including takeouts. So uh, he had three draws, two takeouts with his intern, 50% for both of those. So uh, if you compare to his outturn, he's got 81 and 92%. So clearly he prefers the outturn. He had to throw the intern. Again, they talked on the TV broadcast about, oh, uh, the sheet sat, you know, for those three or four minutes, and maybe it slowed up just a little bit. Now, I don't know what everybody else's take on it. Feel free to tweet at us about, uh, about that. But my feeling is if you're the best player in the world or one of the top five players in the world, uh, that shouldn't matter, you know. You've played long enough. You know what the ice conditions can do. Just just throw the rock and make the shot, right? Like, the shot was there, and he just came up light. I'm not going to blame the ice. The sweepers were going hard the whole way and just came up that fraction light. Big steal of two in eight there for Sweden, and it was game on. Uh, then in the ninth end, Canada was trying to set some stuff up, but Sweden was making some amazing shots. Oscar Eriksson with a, an incredible double coming in off the side, pretty much choking off the entire forefoot, led to Cooey trying to make a circus shot. Russ Howard thought it was there. I, I thought it was maybe there, but had would have had to be perfect and uh, wasn't the case. And so a big loss for Cooey. Um, I, I think Canada should be really proud of the way that they played, the way they fought. Uh, they had that tough game against Japan on Wednesday morning. I was I was walking through the mall there on my way home from a meeting, and I stopped in at the Bell store, and they, they said, oh, do you want any help? And I said, no, I'm just here to watch the curling. Uh, so I stood there in the store watching curling. I had a couple other people actually come up behind me and, and start watching too, and it was the end that they gave up five to Japan. And that was the third end. They had been talking a lot, a lot. I want the, the thing that stuck out to me the most was not that they ended up giving up five, going down seven to one. It was that they had 22 minutes left on their time clock with, like, after three ends. And you're given 38, I believe. So they used 16 full minutes in three ends of curling. Now, they ended up shaking after six, but... Even if the game had been close, I think they they were very likely going to run out of time. I mean, uh, you, you saw most teams don't use that much time after five full ends, and uh, they were really fighting it, fighting it. I did send a tweet out there tonight during the game. They had lots of time. They were off. They for most of the game had more time on their clock than did Sweden. So, good job managing the clock. They that. Uh, the really tough uh, decision for the tiebreakers there to be done on draw shot challenge was what put Canada in that third spot. Uh, Switzerland, Canada, and Japan all had the same record, but Switzerland got the two because they had the better draw shot challenge result as all three of those teams had gone in a circle and, and beaten each other. So 
So Canada ends up having to play a really tough Scottish team. I'm looking at the results for the week, the scoring analysis, and Scotland was a plus 25 on the week. That was second best in the field behind Sweden. Uh, so a really tough draw for Canada to have to play Scotland. One of the teams that had already beat them, the reigning European champion. But watching that game yesterday, Kevin Cooey really had it going, had his mojo. And uh, Scotland brought it. You know, they they were making all their draws, it seemed. They weren't going to miss anything. But but Cooey proved, proved enough there at the end. And then last night's game against Switzerland, another real nail-biter. Good shots being made on both sides. But uh, Team Canada just had the little bit of edge there last night. So... So that's enough about uh, Team Canada. Uh, great job for them to win the silver medal. Pretty disappointing to not bring home the gold on home soil. Uh, I know Kevin Cooey really wanted the redemption for the Olympics, but I think in everyone's eyes, he's redeemed himself. He's proven himself to be one of the greatest curlers in Canadian history. The fact that he got zero votes on the most recent poll, I think uh, people will be We'll be shaking their heads about that, you know, 20 years from now when we say, hey, remember when we did a poll of the greatest curlers and Kevin Cooey got zero votes? Uh, that was a mistake, hey? So uh, that's that's what I'm thinking here. Nicholas Adin now with his fourth world championship as a skip ties Ernie Richardson for the most world championships as a skip. Of course, he won at least two of them with his old team. Uh, and now he's back-to-back -back last year. So uh, really, really, when we're talking about the best curlers, Nicholas Adin's got to be in there, and he's he's so young still. He's younger than me, and I don't think that I'm old. So, <laughs> so you know, and it's going to be really exciting to see what he's still got left in the tank because, you know, two, three, eight years from now, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, polishing at least one or two more of those world championship trophies. Now, we'll talk a bit about the rest of the field and how everything went. I already mentioned Scotland, you know, being plus 25 on the week, really great uh, scoring differential, only went eight and four. They got out to a rough start. They went, I, I believe they were sitting at four and four and had to win out basically to get in the playoffs. Uh, Great, great job by them. They were playing well. They just were sort of the wrong side of the inch uh, at the beginning of the week. So, you know, that was probably the biggest surprise that I had of the week. Another big surprise for most people would be uh, Italy and, and Joel Retournez. Uh, now, did you know that he beat Russ Howard once? Anybody ever tell you that? Yeah, so <laughs> Sean and I were watching the game here last week. And I believe Sean said, hey, how long do you think it'll take before they show a video retrospective of Joel Returnaz beating Russ Howard at the Olympics? And damned if it wasn't the return from that very commercial break that, where they played it. And we both kind of looked at each other like, oh, man, now it's too late to tweet about it. So <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty great stuff there. Great stuff. As for another surprise and maybe feel-good team, Jap. Japan, yeah, the Japanese team, uh, a team I picked to make the playoffs this week. They came out of the gates like a house on fire. Uh, they were in first place after the halfway point of the competition. Uh, they proved that they were here to stay when they uh, beat K 
Kevin Cooley, which we already talked about a little bit. Uh, they, they had great touch all week. Uh, they were making all their shots. Uh, they're real, real tough competitors. And we did see them beat USA in the quarterfinal and put up a fight today against Switzerland in the bronze medal game. So this Japanese team, I'm really looking forward to see how they take this result and go forward. We saw last year that uh, the Korean team uh, came up and, and surprised a lot of people. But then this year when they were back uh, at the event, you know, falling down to 1-11. and 11. So you'd like to see Japan take this momentum from this year, move forward, and hopefully have a, another great year next year at the World Championships. I really enjoyed watching them play, and they were just fearless with their shots. And no matter what they tried, they seemed – they weren't afraid to fail, which I thought was the real hallmark of their team. The other playoff teams, uh, we mentioned Switzerland. Uh, not a surprise that they're there. Uh, after missing out on the playoffs at the Europeans, uh, they had a very strong showing, finishing second in the field on that tiebreaker. Uh, that's the kind of it, that's the kind of week you expect to see from that team. And again, they were they were really really good, really 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 good all week. Uh, they were fun to watch play, and you know they got a tough draw having to come up against Canada in that semifinal game, uh, but they were able to pull pull it together for the bronze medal and and will take home that third place prize. The last playoff team that we'll talk about, John Schuster in the U.S., they had a really solid week too. It seemed that they were in every game. They they just sort of uh, came up against it at the end sometimes. Uh, so absolutely no shame there. They went eight and four on the week, which I think, you know, if you tell if you told them at the beginning of the week you'll go eight and four, they probably would have thought it, it would have gotten them hammer in one of those quarterfinal games. Turns out it wasn't. This, uh, this week was really strong. The, the field really separated into two halves there. So good good for them overall. As far as the, as far as the teams that didn't make the playoffs, there was no real surprises um, for any of us. You could maybe argue Germany was disappointing after they played well at Europeans. But... Um, but, you know, like all the teams that didn't make the playoffs were negative in their uh, plus-minus score differential. And uh, and that's that's pretty much that. Uh, I, there were a couple nice shots being made by uh, Wouter Gogen, by the Netherlands' uh, fourth player, Wouter. Uh, he made a really amazing shot to, to win a game. And, he, the way he was screaming, going, yeah, come on. It, it sort of reminded me of the Jacobs team, but not in such a bro-ish way. <laughs> it seemed like they were really having fun, embracing the moment. Uh, and that's a team that hopefully we'll be able to see going forward because uh, some of us might have seen the, the call put out by the Netherlands Curling Association for any top-level curlers who might have some Dutch blood. Hey, if you're one of those out there, write your letter and you might be able to play on the Dutch national team. So uh, there you have it. Um, I don't have much more else to say about this event other than it's, it was really well attended. The crowds were loud, sometimes obnoxiously so. Uh, there was a funny uh, clip going around Twitter early in the week where Schuster made a good shot and nobody seemed to, to notice. And he said, oh, it's Canada. They're not going to applaud for me. So it's kind of funny. 
uh, I did see in one of the U.S. games, I think it was the game they played Canada, uh, Matt Hamilton going over to sign autographs during the game when they were losing, and it seemed like Schuster was was a little upset about that. Maybe not, but you know, Matt Hamilton's going to Matt Hamilton. Uh, he says, "Oh, I'm a man of the people, so got to do it." Uh, and and there you have it. Uh, some fun stories from there. Uh, check out the Twine Time blog if you get a chance. He he was there for the last half of the week. Uh, got some really fun interviews too. So on Twitter, you follow at Twine Time. Some really fun interviews with the players on video. Uh, some really fun pictures from the patch. And uh, overall, seemed like a really good time. Really good time for everyone. Now with with Sean gone, I had to you know take I had to do all of this watching of curling myself and oh it's been a real tough go but we're not done yet uh we're not done yet we've got another grand slam of curling coming out i'm just going to check when it is because i i think it's coming up this next weekend and yes that's right it's this weekend april 9th to 14th in toronto if anybody's down in toronto and and wants to go check it out it's at the madame center the old maple leaf gardens and uh, it's going to be a good strong field we're going to try to get a preview of this up. Uh, Sean will be back, I believe, on Wednesday, and he's going to be very jet-lagged. So maybe I can convince him to wake up at 5 in the morning or something uh, and, and do uh, a preview. I would also have to convince myself to get up at 5 in the morning, which is less likely. But either way, we'll be back next week. We might just have our thoughts uh, on the event uh, up to the point where it is. Maybe we come in Friday, say how we've thought the event goes, and then and then break down the playoff picture. So no promises yet, but that's what we'll work on. Sean always does the sign-off, so I'll just tell you to follow us at Game of Stones Pod on Twitter. I am at Scott Likes TV. Sean is at Dr. Shawnee Fever. You can email us but I don't have the password to the email, so I'm not going to get it. Uh, Podcast at gmail.com. And I'm going to work on the website some this week. So uh, gameofstonespod.com. Check that out. See if uh, there's any suggestions you have for what we can do with it. I'm going to be working on the format a bit. So look for that coming not too soon. And so with a big congratulations to the Swedish Vikings and Team Nicholas Adin on their back-to-back world championships, I'm signing off from here saying keep your broom on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.